Cool, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Dodgeball Podcast. In this episode, I've got Justin Bosch joining me to uh, to kind of talk about uh, some potential perspective changes in the uh, the dodgeball uh, community. So, Justin, welcome, man. Thanks for hopping on. Thanks so much, Steve. It's hot stove, Steve, and you got to be excited. Is it though? Because like I remember immediately off the bat, Clay Austin. As soon as I posted for any like intel, um, he was asking how are their team shakeups when divisions for the next season have not yet been decided. I'm kind of quoting him directly there. But I think if you're, I think if you're not making moves, then the people are making moves around you, and you're falling behind because people are making moves at nationals. Like immediately after, right? Like the bar, or or just during? I I think like first day of nationals, people were talking about who they're joining next year. Who they're, you know, maybe we can get this person, maybe we can get that person. I think that dodgeball seems to be an ongoing mesh of people trying to come together and make a better team. Whether it's adding one person, whether it's adding two people, whether it's combining two teams, or poaching this be, person, or exactly, it just seems to be ever changing. And so, if you're not being talked to, then you're probably not getting poached, and someone on your team is probably being poached. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Yeah, if you're a captain, you got to be paranoid. You got to be sweet talking your best players and making sure that they're happy. Otherwise, uh, someone's going to snag them. Been on the both, exactly. both sides of that. So, well, real quick, I mean, we kind of talked about like what we want to cover and, and a little bit of the why, but uh, just on the off chance, people don't know who you are. I just want to go ahead and introduce yourself real quick and then we'll, we'll, we'll dive back in. All right. So, I play for GOAT uh, in the East Coast. My name is Justin Bosch um, and I'm the co captain for them. Awesome. And again, so you know, you had pitched this idea, um, I think a couple of weeks ago, almost a month ago, and um, I was kind of in the same boat as, as Clay. I was like, I don't, I don't think there's enough content to, to to cover a full episode, let alone a mini episode. But then, as we're kind of going through our list of, of changes that's already happened, um, I'm glad to get this started. Because I think as we get closer, we'll have a good format. We'll have like a good uh, precedent of how we want to cover these. Uh, I don't know, like shake up episodes or what do you want to call it? But, um, it's, it's very, it, it kind of aligns with what I want to see happen more and more. And that's more of like a sports center type of platform or, or, or program or product, whether it's the, the podcast or this week in American dodgeball or something completely different. So I'm happy to, to take this on and see where it goes, man. Um, yeah, it's interesting. It is. And, and I, I'm completely, again, going through these notes, I was like, Oh wow. Yeah, there's definitely, it, it's not too early. So, um, and I wanted to shout out real quick, um, cause I'm looking at the thread, uh, see if anything was posted in, uh, Joey Kramer says, um, I mean, have you watched ESPN, ESPN speculation pays the bills, yo, which obviously nothing pays these bills, but he gets it. So <laughs> exactly. So on that's that all note, ESPN is now is just speculation. Yeah. It's all, it's all hype. And you know, one day we'll have like a uh, infographics and we'll have a, like a full on production and it, it'll be fun. But for now, let's just, um, I guess I can begin with, um, well, actually, for I, I put a note in here. I kind of forgot why, but um, Mark and Jake, if you guys are listening, I apologize in advance. But um, a lot of this is speculation, rumor, and um, I want to say like maybe none of this stuff is 100% confirmed. So I guess that's the, the only disclaimer I have. Yeah, I don't think anything I have is fully confirmed. It's mostly speculation, if not hearsay. Yeah. So on that note, you know, if, if people get upset or, you know, if we hit the nail on the head, then, you know, yeah, for predictions. Actually, I do have one that's 100%. But um, so when you came to me at, with this, the only big shakeup that I was tracking was um, some kind of 
shifting between Rise and Rainbows, um, as we know. The Rise Bros? The Rise Bros, or I guess that's all you Reign of Reign of Brutality? Ooh, that actually sounds kind of cool. Like a, like a good step up from from Rise, but um, I mean, Ricky was was retiring because he he doesn't like that there's less 8.5. Um, I forget. The other I think Koiv just got married. Oh, I will I will happily forget Koiv. I I don't really care about him. <laughs> um, who's the guy that wears the hat backwards though? That was the other guy that was um, not really feeling the the lack of 8.5. So. Uh, what is his name? I can't remember his name either. It's going to, it's going to come up. He's later. the one guy I feel like I haven't talked to on the Ryan Ray Rose. Yeah. Um, and then there's the other guy who maybe lost from the, from nationals party that was climbing the trees and Reeve. He's still lost. <laughs> yeah. He might be still lost. I think. Yeah. They might've done it then, but, uh, well, we'll go back to Koiv. Actually, I, I hope he doesn't retire. Um, he, he's, He's got a lot left in him, but um, that's the nicest thing we'll ever say about him. But so you leave. Um, who's that lead? Leaves Allen and uh, Taco Sean. Yep, and uh, Brandon Cook. Yes. So pretty, pretty, pretty solid. Formidable three. Yeah, pretty formidable trio there um, with eight point five, and you know we're kind of alluding to they're going to be crossing over to Rise and. Um, this is where I wonder if I'm going to betray anybody. I had a really good conversation with Tim at the classic. Um, I did ask his permission to, to air this. Um, and I'm thinking at honest, this point, not, he doesn't listen to the podcast. He doesn't he, even have Facebook. He, 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 he catches wind of things. He still stays very relevant. Um, okay. But I mean, he, he told me this in, in confidence and Tim, I, I, it's not selective hearing, but I remember you saying that I could talk about it. So, but also I don't think it's, it's, I don't think this is like a big reveal I, at this point. Anyway. I've heard it from multiple people. Yeah, so what we're hearing is um, they're going to move over to Rise, um, and Alan and Chad are pretty much, uh, I don't want to say Chad's done, but I do know that Chris Alan's... Is, Chris is done. Yeah, Chris is obviously done. That was confirmed multiple times uh, last episode. Sorry, everybody that listened to that, but uh, <laughs> yeah, so so what, what does that leave? That leaves uh, Tim, Jim, and Surge. Surge. So yeah. you give, them, you give them three of what I would consider... Um, like like we talked about, like the most potent members of of, of Rainbows, um, and that's already definitely like the a, two biggest arms and and arguably the smartest player on their team, which would fit. Allen fits in perfectly in the Tim and Surge mode of of intellectual dodgeball. Yeah, as does as does Sean and Brandon, but Allen you can sort of see always is trying to think one step ahead of everyone else, which is kind of what you think of when you think of Tim and Surge. Yeah, I think he, he'll fit that mold really well. He'll buy into that program. And um, I don't think, I never saw Sean or Brandon as individual players. Brandon maybe just a little bit, but I think he can be reined in, mostly just because of that cannon that he has. Like he, he seems to be way more offensive, but. Yeah, but this, this last year with his arm not working, he you know you saw him sort of take that step back and sort of be a backline player and catch and drop. And I think he's a really multi-talented player as well. So he'll fit in really well with them as well. Yeah, so that that's going to be a, I don't want to say devastating already, but I, I feel like that's going to give Rise that that, that like that next boost to to help them um, finish top three once again. I figure I, I thought last time it was the addition of Chris, Allen, and Chad uh, for last year, so maybe this year we'll see. Or not last year, um, yeah, no, twenty eighteen. But we'll yeah. see. Um, I think it'll be really interesting to see how they sort of how they decide to line up where the people play. Like, does Allen take take Allen's 
left corner spot? Does Tim move to a different spot? And, you know, I think Sean was playing right corner. Does Sean move to right corner and out? And then Tim moves over to the left corner. It'll be really interesting to see how the, you know, as they line up. And I'm sure that they're, they've thought about this a bunch and Tari talked about it and sort of figured it out. Oh, and then the other thing is, out. and then the other thing I think that's really interesting is you always hear about these legendary practices on Sunday, but you know, I doubt the guys from Portland are flying down every Sunday to practice. You know, what, what is the plan there? Is that going to be just a couple training camps and the expectation is maybe they'll video conference in for, for practice. Yeah. So, so I think that's really interesting. I remember rise was very like anti outsider. Like they would only play with San Diego based players so they can build that camaraderie. They can build that, that synergy mm-hmm. that you only get when you play with, with somebody over and over and over and over again. But I yep. think when they decided to make the exception for Allen and then later on Chris, um, and it worked, I think they, they might've changed their, their stance a little bit. And now they, mm-hmm. they can, they can justify picking up people like Allen, Sean, and, and Brendan, who are always playing. And I feel like you can trust them to push themselves during the off season and when they're not playing together to make sure that they stay sharp. So I feel like a lot of trust is, is being offered to them on behalf of Rise to mitigate yeah, that. Yeah, it's very interesting. It'll be really interesting to see how they play. And it, uh, you know, like I was saying, I think the, the theme of this off season is probably consolidation, which is just taking two really good teams and sort of putting them together. And you go from two top four teams and put the best, you know, five, six, seven of players on the teams and put them together and make a, a better super team. Yeah. Which has sort of always been the theme and definitely in the West. And I feel like it's starting to happen more and more in the East. Yeah. We'll definitely get into some of the moves in the East, but um, I feel like super teams are like, this is probably going to be something we'll see in the next, uh, next year or two is uh, as you said, consolidation, making sure that, teams have the best players possible um just like what doom did back in the day what crisis has done what rise is apparently doing and uh we'll see if anybody else um comes out of the woodwork and we catch rumors of, of what's going on in the west but um the one um change that i can say was actually confirmed because uh clay hit me up and let me know was he stated that voodoo is uh disbanded and i'm just going to kind of read off what he said but um <clears throat> so voodoo is disbanded uh, Travis Avery and Randall uh, Mitchell have migrated from Voodoo, Voodoo to Category 5 to replace uh, Lance Fowl. Sorry, man, if I'm pronouncing your name, your name wrong. And uh, Jarvik uh, Tuxin, who I guess have both retired. So um, I guess they, they had their fill and they're going to move on. And um, he then goes to say, and this is this part's not confirmed, but we've heard whispers of big changes to Lone Star Syndicate, um, but those are only rumors at this point. So... This is the kind of stuff that I, I, this is actually kind of fun to, to talk about. Like it's all rumors. So if we're wrong, you know, oh well, but if we're right, then, you know, we'll point back to this five months from now and be like, haha, we told you. But I love, um, how, I love how Clay Austin is the one who said, I still wonder how teams are forming. And then Clay is t- saying that these guys are joining his team. I thought about that too. And I was like, I mean, maybe you're just being, you're being coy, but, uh, or maybe he thought about it. Cause like you said, we're always thinking we, as I'm speaking as if, you know, I'm a captain, we're always thinking about like who we want next what didn't work out, how are we going to change that? And, and like you said, some, if you're not making moves, they're, they're, they're already happening around you. So, yeah. Yeah. I'm hoping with the, with the release of this episode, we'll, we'll get more, more little tidbits to feast on, but um, let's go to, let's go to the East. So, so you're saying, um, you know, the, well, the, should we just say the last couple of things that, that we sort of heard about the South? Okay. You yeah. Know, the, oh, that's right. Awesome. Yeah. Good, good catch. So we have, so we have those, 
couple possibilities that two of the best teams in the South may be moving on to different divisions. So at Nationals, I sort of heard rumors that outsiders may be moving to the West just to try to boost their competition level. And, uh, and I heard that Ascension, who is, I think, the second place team in the South, uh, may be moving to the East um, because I believe they're adding uh, Ralph from uh, Taken. And he was an East Coast player, and I think that would allow them to come over to the – well, that would pull them towards the East Coast. That's interesting. So, so it would be really interesting to see what happens you know, if the top two teams from the South left. I mean, I could – just from the, the recap that I did with the Outsiders when they went to um, round two, I mean, that's, that's what they wanted. They wanted to go out there and, um, and step into a region that's a little more competitive um, – without, you know, minus one or two teams like you have in the South, like they, they, I'm just going to say it like the West is more competitive. So they want to be a part of that so they can get better because they, they're, they're afraid of stagnating in the South. But do you think that's going to offer or provide an opportunity for the South teams that don't leave to, to ascend to that kind of level and, and dominate the South or what are your thoughts on that? I mean, we'd hope that they would ascension. I mean, it opens up two spots in the top four, which is a huge advantage going into nationals. So if you don't want to try to make your team better, and take one of those open spots, then why are you playing? Yeah. Like, like Chris Bell said in the podcast before, like if you're not trying to get better and trying to win these rounds, what are you, what are you, what are you doing? traveling to nationals for? Are you just traveling to hang out? Cause it seems, you know, there's plenty of national tournaments that are sort of more fun and hangout sessions. Yeah. I think for me, it's like, okay, Right now in the South, Outsiders is the team to beat. But if they if they move to the West, are they going to be allowed to play in the South? Are they still going to play? Because you have to still have that like I don't want to say that standard. You have to have like that whetstone to sharpen your team on. And I feel like that's what the Outsiders is going to be doing for the other teams that that stay behind, um, regardless of you know they rebrand or, or consolidate. Because then you're going to have. Well, go ahead. Are they allowed? I mean, I think that they're allowed to just say we're no, we're now playing in the west right if they just don't play in the south isn't that their declared region for the year as a team i would think that they would be allowed to do that if that's what they're deciding to do as long as they don't play in the south as a team yeah and this is i guess where i might apologize to to mark and or jake it's just that there is no like strict rules on that i don't think um yeah i don't know like if you live in the south then you're stuck there or or Maybe you can just declare, hey, we're going to play on the West, even though we clearly are in Texas. So yeah, who knows? Um, I guess that'll be interesting, too, to figure out. <clears throat> ah, lost my voice there for a second. I also heard a rumor that Wrecking Balls may be breaking up as well, which I think is also another top four team of the South. But again, these are completely unconfirmed rumors. Breaking up and rebranding or consolidating or just that's as far as you've... I just heard breaking up. But I don't know what that, mean, what that means. Maybe yeah. then it's not... I know Wrecking Balls is a, is a you know a long time South team, so maybe they're just hanging up the, their dodgeball shoes. I, I really don't know, but it's another one of those rumors that you hear people say. Yeah, I so. I'm glad you're you're catching all these rumors because I I'm not catching them, so I'll I'll have to keep a better ear out. But um, I guess we'll just well, say, I, I was going to ask like where are your sources, you know, in case people are asking, but. Uh, Obviously, you're hearing this from from the grapevine, from people, from players. You're picking up the signs. You're kind of looking at 
some of these changes that are making, you can kind of like, I'm pretty sure a lot of people saw a Ryzen and Rainbow's uh, merger at some point. If you're, if you're even half aware, you probably picked up on that. So, yeah, I mean, they had their jersey swap two years ago at Minnesota. Yeah, I think that planted the seeds. I think that was some some message. Definitely there. the beginnings of it. Yeah, for sure. Well, let's move on to um, to the East End. So I think we covered the South for the most part. And um, if you're listening and, and if you want to correct us or if you want something to be addressed, please, by all means, uh, shoot me a message. Um, if you want to be anonymous, let me know. And I'd be more than happy to correct, adjust, or make any many adjustments that, that need to be made. So, But again, a lot of this is all speculation. So we'll just we'll just move on and enjoy what we have so far. So going back to what you said, the East seems like the theme of consolidation. Yeah. Like from what I'm hearing is, you know, with awesome sort of losing Matt to injury last year, um, they're looking to add some more players. And with the, the couple of kill the comp guys who played really well with them at nationals. um, I know Dylan, Dylan and Quan who were both really good players and, and sort of new to elite, but not new to dodgeball in terms of UDC. Um, are possibly joining them. And then I guess, I guess that possibly also Taylor and Bert, who are two other players from KTZ, maybe joining them. It's not totally understood who or what's going where, but uh, I know that there's four members from KTC who are sort of don't seem to be playing together in 8.5. I believe they're going to stay together for, for no sting. Um, but those are some really good players. I don't know if you got to see those guys play, but Dylan and Quan are two really up and coming young players and Taylor and Bird are both really good as well. Um, I played against them two weeks ago in a foam tournament. they had never played foam, which I had never played foam either, but the, they ended up winning the tournament with uh, Frankie and, and Tama as a team played as beast coast. <clears throat> and so they sort of just picked up foam towards like towards the end of the day. And uh, I know Quan, he has these giant, Sorry, giant, <laughs> nice. giant hands. And uh, it took him a while to sort of figure out how to throw the foam ball. He kept grounding it into the ground. And they're just big, athletic, strong kids who who are going to be on the scene of dodgeball for a long time. And they're showing <clears> that, <throat> that promise that they may be struggling right now, but they're going to pick it up. And when they do, it's they're just going to. Yeah. And they're going to learn, you know, if they are joining, awesome. You're, you know, you know they're the the long time doom member, you know, they're the, the doom of the East or the rise of the East, whatever you want to call it, you know, guys that you could really learn from and, and get better and understand how to play dodgeball really, really well at a high level. Nice. So that's an interesting, that's a really interesting consolidation on the East coast. Um, Will they stay as team awesome? Do you know, or I, be- I mean, I'd be shocked if they weren't still team awesome. I mean, Drew's still going to be on there. Frankie's still still be there. Um, I think it's, mo- you know, Chris Olinsky's still there, you know, all of the long time, awesome members gotcha i mean i think they've been team awesome for like 12 years or something so yeah they've been around for yeah. for a minute so and that, that's one thing that i've always wondered like um when i was talking to tim about rise it's like you know when you think of dodgeball rise has been there since like the very beginning since 2007 and so yeah. it would be a shame if that team ever dissipated even even if like i don't know even even if, like say tim jim surge do move on say after next year like i would still want to see rise still exist you know like, like i mean I don't to... you see tim just coming back and wearing a suit and coaching them from the sidelines i actually i do um and i, I think i just can't imagine him not being on that 
I mean, I think of Rise and I think of Tim and I think of Surge. I mean, I that's all I ever think about when I think of that name. Yeah, and uh, just going to like the longevity and, and legacy of dodgeball, like I, I want to start seeing teams stay together. Um, maybe not the same players, but like Rise would be a, a San Diego team for, for years, um, and it can completely turn over on roster. Um, Tim can come back and be a coach or not, but it'd be nice to actually just have that kind of consistency um, throughout the years, um, but we'll yeah. see. Yeah, it's like someone should have stepped up and taken like the Doom mantle as an, as the LA team or something. Yeah, exactly. Which I guess um, I don't even know who's who would be LA right now if there would be a consistent team. Yeah, I don't know. I heard a rumor they were coming back, but I I feel like that's completely unsubstantiated. I've heard that too, actually. Um, I do hear I, some things. I guess I, tr- I tried to ask some people around, and basically I laughed at. One person said if if elite brought foam back, he thought Nate would come back. But I, you know, last time I thought I heard Mark talk about foam, it didn't seem like he was ever bringing that to the, to the guy's side, but yeah. So it's, it's a lot already to manage, let alone another whole nother division. But, um, I don't remember where I heard that from too, but I heard rumors of that. And, um, I think if we had like old school grand Canyon state games, 8.5, um, six v six, full opening rush. We might see Doom come back. I remember like they, they were kind of missing those days. Um, we had kind of just wasn't the same, and that, that's why they ended up disbanding. So I wonder what it would take to actually get you know Ish and um, and Crater back. But uh, I don't think Foam is going to do it because it's, it's just it's Ish Cole and and Nate who are the only three who stopped right, playing, Cole. right? Because yep. Terry didn't. Terry was still playing last year and Payan and Vince were all still playing. So it was just those three who stopped playing. Well, and Eric Radke too. He's Oh, and Radke, yeah. He's hiding in Phoenix somewhere, I heard. But um I think I think he might be done for good. I don't I'm not seen that man play dodgeball in like well over a year, but um continuing with with the East though. Um what else we got? Um, we got Team Evil, uh, t- Team Evil, Team Awesome and Kill the Comp merging. Um, my team goat is looking to add some more members because we've had some retirements and, uh, some people moving away. So we're looking to consolidate with some other players. Um, we're talking to about four or five different players right now. And, uh, we will see, um, we have a big turn. Well, we have a tournament playing on the ninth. We're playing with a couple of them. We'll see how that goes. And, uh, we'll look to add and revamp our roster, try to get a little younger and uh, add a little more skill to our team. Any names you're looking at right now that you want to air out? So or? we're, we're looking at uh, Tyree Frazier who played with us at nationals, um, Tyrell and Dean who play with Mount Olympus. Uh, we also played with uh, um, a guy named Derek from Long Island. Um, and there's another young kid named Cole who's, who's coming out to play with us as well. So, we're looking at a bunch of different players and trying to figure out what fits us best and, and talking to some people also in New York city as well. So nice. we're, we're trying to revamp the roster. Yeah. And then I've also heard zero who's sort of a free agent team as of last year, based out of Ohio, which is Alfred Kwan's team is, you know, struggling to sort of figure out who they're going to have and trying to figure that roster out. Um, 
I know Aftershock, who is a is a longtime East Coast team, they didn't come to Nationals for the first time, and I'm not sure if they're coming back. And uh, I know Space Cadets, who uh, has their captain uh, Adam. Uh, yeah, he got injured. He tore, you know tore his ACL, and yeah. you know, you know, as the head gets cut off, cut off, so does the snake fall apart. You know, so without a captain, who knows what happens. I know Clutch is still pretty much the same roster they had last year, maybe adding a player here or there. Um, and then there's always the Sleeping Beast of Anarchy, which is the scariest team in the East. So, you know, can they stay healthy all season and can Mikey, you know, regain his MVP status of the best player on the East Coast? Yeah, I don't think Anarchy's going to go anywhere. Um, talking oh, I, don't to... think he's go- I don't think it's going anywhere. I yeah. just, you know, they... They've been in the East for three seasons. This will be the third season. They still have not won the East Coast just because of, you know, last year I would say they didn't win it because of injuries. And then the first year they didn't win it because they had one bad round. Yep. So we'll, it'll be interesting to see what happens next year. And do they make any additions? You know, they added, you know, Casey last year. Is there anything they're looking to add? So we'll see. Yeah. And I wonder... I wonder if living in Texas in any way changes Billy. Um, yeah, could you see him joining Outsiders? I don't know. Maybe. But I also, again, this is just speculation. I, I can't see him leaving Anarchy. I think he's got a really good thing there that he enjoys. So, Yeah, he seems really tight with Billy. and I mean, with uh, Casey. I mean, him and Casey, I think, have been like really good friends forever, right? Oh, yeah. They and, uh, they started playing together from high school. Uh, they, they've, they're definitely... And, uh, and I think Billy and Mikey and Brandon, those guys are all really close and tight. So I don't think he's going to leaving anarchy, but you know, the proximity of being close to the outsiders, you never know. Yeah. I, if, if I were on do the outsiders, s- I might be trying to poach him. Like, hey, you're already in. here. Yeah. yeah. So you gotta, gotta start sweet talking him. Um, cause man, that would, that would be devastating putting Billy on outsiders. Yeah. You put Billy in the middle there. Oh man. It's kind of, it's kind of crazy. Yeah, no thanks. And you got Mike and, uh, yeah, you got the, Hashimoto the Hashimoto's, Jesus, Jake Abear and Kim and and Vaughn. It's a pretty crazy lineup. Yeah, it's fun to think about. Um, probably not as fun to play against. Well, it it probably would be, but yeah, well, I guess we'll see. But um, let's see. You mentioned earlier, uh, Bush is done. Yeah, that's what I've heard. I've heard Bush is done. I think uh, I heard uh, Stone and Cody are fo- focusing mostly on foam, doing sort of. Isn't I believe that's what Nate Crider did. He stopped playing elite because he wanted to focus on foam. Um, so I guess that I'm not. That leaves Demonte and uh, Bizzle and Derek. I believe Derek. I think Derek is done as well. I think he's focusing on foam or fo- might be focusing on like spike ball. And he oh, seems Jesus really into this, oh, so like all these ball. other sort of. I think he's really into these other things: spike ball, <sighs> kickball. He's always posting about all these other things. Kevin so Bailey, maybe, if you're listening, I hope you're happy. You you. We lost one because of you. <laughs> Freaking spike ball. Oh, Jesus. Um, so yeah. DeMonte is, is out with you guys now on the West Coast, right? He's out in Arizona? Yeah, he lives, he lives in Arizona. Now he's playing Cactus Dodgeball now. I'll see him on. We'll see him tomorrow. And, so uh, he's probably going to join a West Coast team. And like the rumor mill is that he's joining the Thieves. So yeah, he didn't even, we'll see what happens. He didn't even get a chance to, to snatch him. I'm sure somebody from Arizona is going to try to pick him up, uh, even if it's just like a – different division or something because that that is a it's a walk-in gift 
to, to be able to snag Demonte. But if he's on Thieves, that's going to be an even more fun team to watch. They already yeah, are pretty, it's a bunch of really exciting. young kids. A bunch of really young, springy, acrobatic kids that are just really good. So I, I feel like Demonte would fit right in just watching him play. Yeah, you watch some of these teams and you're always sort of like, I wish they had a coach because I feel like if they had a coach, you you feel like they would. Because sometimes you watch these teams and you're like, I just don't feel like they're playing the right system. But but maybe that's just from an outsider's perspective. You never know, you know. I think it you is. Always sort of, yeah, because um, you can see it from like a like you said outside point of view. You can pick up on things that you know I might not be paying attention to. I'm in the corner, in the middle, in the middle of the game. Mm-hmm. But uh, exactly. as we kind of alluded, maybe Tim might come back and be a coach. Like that's I think that's like the next thing. I know we talked about it with Katie Evans in our interview. Like, what's the next like big change? Like we go from hey, let's just round up like some dudes that played baseball and played dodgeball and will win. Now let's incorporate mm-hmm. some strategy. Now you see people practicing. Now you see people like conditioning and, and you know, training. And then yep. maybe the next step is coaching. So I'll be curious to see like who the first team with an actual coach is and what that looks like. And then, yeah, it'll, it'll probably be game changing. Well, you have Lucas already starting to do it sort of for, uh, well, he does it for the national team, right? He's the head coach for the, the USA team. For the, for the men's, yeah. And then you've got uh, Dave Wallace um, for Team Mexico, Allen as well. So, I mean, and it's, it, and you have Brittany doing it for the women's team, right? Women's. Yeah. So, I mean, it, it's, I mean, it's, it's not, sort of starting to happen. Yeah. It's starting to happen. It's not maybe in demand, but it, I, I think a coach is like, if you want to increase or improve your team, like coaching is, is the next step, like get yourself a coach. Yeah. yeah. It'd be interesting because, you know, I think one thing that a lot of teams struggle is you always sort of, I think the, the difference between the top level teams and the middle level teams is the top level teams have a set rotation of who are the best six players. And when playoffs come, the best six players come. And I think those other teams that sort of have seven and eight players sort of always struggle to sort of figure out who, what's our best lineup, who should be out in the court. And, you know, if you have a coach, it's just, okay, these six people are on, you're sitting, you're not one of the best players right now for playoffs. Yeah. And that's easy. It's a done deal. Yeah, it's done. There's no questions. There's no arguing. There's no, well, why, why can't I play? And I pay the same amount of you. So you don't have any of that stuff going on. Yeah. I mean, and good teams will know like, Hey guys, I'm feeling, I, I'm playing like crap. I'm out, you know, I'm not feeling it. Um, you guys are the hot hand, the, the better teams understand that, but it, it does take the pressure off the captain to let the coach make that call. Cause then you don't mm-hmm. have to worry about that. It's not personal. You're exactly. not, yeah. It's just, it's based on what somebody from the outside who is not playing, who has a fresh set of eyes can, can dictate and, and help with. Yeah. So yeah, exactly. Coaching is the next step. I'm, I'm calling it now. Um, for, for teams that want to break out. But um, do we talk about what Bizzle's doing? Do we cover him? So I think Bizzle's looking for a team. I think, I mean, that's probably the highest free agent on the, on the the in the North. And I would imagine that, again, like I said, if teams aren't offering him positions, they are falling behind because that is a guy that can change the nature of your roster. Yes, uh, maybe maybe they will quickly. be now if, if people are listening. Yeah, after this podcast, everyone's going to be emailing him. Sorry, Bizzle, your phone's going to blow up. Hopefully, I mean, that, that'd be a good thing. And then also, you know, hopefully this kind of prompts uh, Colin to uh, to get cranking on the uh, Beast Coast Chronicles uh, writings and, and free yeah. agent calls. So, and that's another thing is like, obviously, it just we're only focusing on like the open teams, um, the men's. Um, so one thing I want to do is be able to to cover women's teams as well. So if you're listening and you have some 
again, I, I need to work on my vocabulary, but you have some, some intel or tidbits uh, for the women, please let me know. And then we can either discuss them or have you on and we can make this like, yeah. like a three-way conversation. And, and cause I, I'm sure there's going to be a lot of shakeups too on the, on the women's, uh, on the I women's mean, last side. year would have been the last year would have been the best, you know, with the finesse, oh, with the finesse blow up, well, not blow up, but the, the creation of finesse, which is taking what, like six of the best, 10 women on the east on the west coast and making a super team yes was it was money shot and love tap that combined and then also then bringing in ashley cook right because she wasn't on the west coast yep last year and uh and page bringing bringing both of them in bringing page in, yeah yeah and making well i i mean from what i could tell a team that would compete on most of the men's teams against most, most of the men's teams in, yeah and then you've I got mean, uh okay definitely in the east i feel like in the east coast they they could compete as a top four team i mean those women are all pretty fantastic definitely and um one thing that just came to mind is, is so pop that i think is, is done i know they said that on the instagram um I talked to uh, uh joanna because we're, we're gonna do like hopefully if we can coordinate this we're gonna do like a a kind of like a recap of, of their, their journey from uh, beginning to end with the finals and, and whatnot. But they, they had mentioned that maybe there's a small chance pop that might stay together. They're kind of, they're kind of riding high from winning. So, yeah, but it's, if, kind of a, it's a kind of a nice way to go out. If you're going to go out, go out on top. Yeah. Or maybe you can, maybe you think you can do it again. So if, if they do, yeah. if they do disband, then, you know, you're freeing up some phenomenal players right there and you know, yeah. they're going to go somewhere. They're going to land somewhere. So yeah, everyone's, everyone's going to be calling them. Yeah. You're making me realize like, I want to be the first one to cover it. <laughs> like, starting, <laughs> starting to, uh, to venture into like tabloids and paparazzi now. So yeah, uh, it'd be, it'd be fun to, to capture more of this stuff. I hope that this is, um, this is well received and people enjoy it. Cause it's, I mean, we're not playing right now. So what, what else are we doing? If we can't play dodgeball, we can talk about it and, and exactly I'll take it. So, um, I think covered everything in the notes so far. Um, I was going to, um, Oh, good. There's one elephant in the room. Where yep. are you playing next year? Oh uh, yeah. Um, I'm not looking or thinking about dodgeball until I find out how many dodgeball tournaments I can make. I think you should just play as many dodgeball tournaments around the country. I think you should go to as many elite tournaments as you can. Um, you just play in every division in every round. That's the plan because I've said this a few times but i'm just gonna reiterate it <laughs> i don't know where i got the idea where i thought i could just walk in to round three and and hang because no um you miss one or Not two anymore. beats you're behind you're behind the curve and um man i learned that the hard way uh in vegas and um yeah if, if my my time and wallet allows i will absolutely be playing as much dodgeball as humanly possible especially if i have to make up for any uh rounds that i might miss but um, we'll see what, what Arizona has in store. Um, I left Grit last year so I can slowly start working towards an Arizona-based team because I, I do want to start um, aligning myself with Rise's mentality in terms of building a team of people that are bought in and are local and are willing to put the time in. And, and I, I saw that with Headhunters, and I want to blast my own team. But you can mm -hmm. tell who wanted to be there and who was just there because – you know, whatever. And actually those people didn't even make it to the finals. And I realized that, um, and this is where I kind of agreed with Chris. I don't think I did it verbally when he was talking, but 
if you're putting in a crap load of effort and energy and time and money and you got five other guys that just don't share that sentiment then what are you doing you know exactly i would i would like to i would like to i would i would take five people right now that are willing to bust their asses and get better and i would like to work with that more because i'm looking at it at at a from a longevity perspective like i'm not saying like what's my legacy going to be when i when i finally uh leave but what what else can i contribute because there's a lot of people that want to play elite that just I don't, I don't say like they have a chance, but they haven't been noticed yet. Mm-hmm. And one of the things I really love doing with, uh, when I ran Tucson dodgeball was watching somebody develop from a brand new player to somebody competing in league, to going to Phoenix to, to play with us, to Grand Canyon state games, to elite. It was, it was fun watching mm-hmm. that, uh, development and progression. So I would like to see that again. So if that, that makes me, that puts me in a position where I got to captain my own team. Cool. Um, if I get snagged on, you know, a team that I like, great. But uh, I'll be playing. I'll, I'll say that much. So this is like one of my uh, the things I look back on my dodgeball life the most. So I was in school in Arizona in Tucson when you guys were running Tucson dodgeball, but I just never knew about it. What? It's like yeah, I went to U of A. Oh, oh man, it's like one of those things where it's just like, you know, it's just like one verbal, you know, somebody said something, and maybe I would have been at you know a Tucson dodgeball. Man, you know, pick up, and my whole uh, my whole dodgeball career changes. What, but, what, uh, what year was this again? What what time frame? So I was there two thousand one to two thousand four, whatever. Two, uh, two yeah, two thousand one to two thousand four. Okay. So now we were two thousand three. Tucson dodgeball consisted of me, Mason, uh, Logan, Dylan, all basically five of us throwing balls at at Mason at um, at the U of A. I'm Mikhail Wine. Yeah, I mean, I I could have easily just walked by and joined. Yeah, and and probably maybe you know, in a different world, I probably did. That's crazy to think about. It's pretty crazy. Yeah, man. The problem is, I only lived on campus my freshman year. I lived off campus all, all uh, the other years. Yeah, because 2004 is when we we blew up at the Integrated Learning Center. So the ILC. Yeah. That? that that's where we started. Yeah. I remember that place. Man, that's that's crazy. Small world. Yeah, I guess I was there in 2000. I guess I left. I think I left in 2000. So I guess, yeah, I was there in 2004. I would have left the year after that. You would have fallen so. in love with dodgeball. You would have found a way to, to stay a little bit longer. I know. I would have started my dodgeball career like seven years, like six years earlier, five years earlier. Yeah. It's crazy. That is crazy. And I went and, you know, traveled it all through Southeast Asia. I could have played dodgeball in like, you know, Vietnam and Malaysia and Thailand. Man, well, my whole life changes, right? Yeah, just just thinking about it. Um, I think about like what would happen if I, you know, ignored my friend Logan saying, "Hey, come play dodgeball," and I and I never did. Um, yeah, it's sliding doors. Yeah, it's interesting to think about, but um, I think we covered all the the quote unquote shakeups that we have now. Unless you've got any others um, we might have missed, or I think a lot of people I mean, are. I'm- Good. I'm sure there'll be, you know, some addings of, you know, high level, you know, NDC players that we don't know that like Kevin Bailey probably knows. Like I'm sure there's like a graduating class of guys from college dodgeball that are going to be joining Gamecocks or, you know, uh, Windy City Corruption or one of those, you know, any of those North teams that seem to have this sort of steady stream of young kids who 
who are high-level dodgeball players or are future high-level dodgeball players. Yeah, I know uh, Rebecca is like constantly recruiting new players with, with a lot of potential and, and developing them. So I'm curious to like, State, yeah. what, what she might have. And then um, I was going to say, I think once this whole like three-on-three co-ed thing is confirmed, that's probably going to change a lot of stuff too. So, yeah, I don't know how – I mean that – I feel that whole thing is a whole other conversation that I don't think is a, is totally fair to the rest of the country. If, if you're on the West coast, it makes total sense, but you know, on the East and the South and the North, we just don't have the females and to be able to make that move yet. You know, we're just starting to, you know, I think the East had six or seven women's teams. And, you know, one of those teams is based of people from Canada. It's like, it's very hard, you know, you know, we had 20, 20 open teams. So you got to think that's a lot of guys. And if you're going to go to three guys, three women, that's a lot of guys who are getting cut out of, out of co-ed, which is, you know, that's not for my decision to be made, but it is an interesting decision that changes the whole dynamic of a lot of people. So real quick, do you think that's potentially a good thing? Because we're talking about um, an actual elite tournament or elite elite series or division and then you have like the b division where new players new teams uh teams that aren't really top 10 or whatever would would belong so if this three to three movement happens you know you're going to see more consolidation more super teams and you're probably going to see like 10 i'm totally pulling these numbers out of nowhere you're probably gonna see like 10 solid teams and like you know the rest is just going to be kind of i don't want to say tossed to the wayside but they're probably going to be filtered out into like the B division. So do you think if people want that level of competition, do you think this is a good thing? Yeah, I think that's, I mean, I think that's great, but does that mean that the B division doesn't have co-ed? Because I know in the East, if we're taking, if we're saying there's only 10, you know, A division teams, does that mean that only the A division has co-ed because there's not going to be enough females for 20 teams to have three women, each team. So, yeah. But I will tell you that we are already looking and talking to to females and already planning in case of the the three women uh, change. Sure. So you know, because again, like I said, if you're not making moves, I feel like you're falling behind. Yeah. I uh, that's that's gonna be like the tagline for this series is is if you're not making moves, you're falling behind. Um, yeah, I feel like I'm Ricky Bobby or something. <laughs> um, I was gonna say the the only, I guess, counter argument or argument that I have that in support of the three to be three movement <clears throat> is that it, it's 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 gonna fall on giving uh, women players that are usually overlooked for the better ones a chance to to play, but also have an active role. Have you played? Well, in I think a- I think in gameplay, I, it totally makes sense to me in gameplay. I, yeah, it, it's not a gameplay issue for me. It's a it's a sheer numbers issue for me, at least on the East coast on the West coast. It doesn't seem to be an issue. You, I think the, the West coast has like as many women's teams as they do men's teams. Right. Um, so I totally understand that, but it's just a, it's a sheer numbers thing for the, I, I can only speak for the East, but it's a sheer numbers thing for the East. And maybe I'm wrong. Maybe there'll be, you know, maybe this will allow for a much more higher influx of females because you know, basically everyone's going to have to go out and find many more females to come. And maybe suddenly that's what's going to grow the 
the East Coast Women's Group. Um, but I know, at least in New York, it's really hard to get women in the social leagues to come and play in a competitive league. Now, is that because uh, they're, they're just not interested in dodgeball, they're intimidated by it, or because they're not being utilized, they're not actually playing? I think a lot of it in New York is dodgeball is much more of a social thing. Mm. There's very little competitive dodgeball. You know, gyms are super expensive, so there aren't, you know, there aren't tournaments here in New York City. You know, most of the tournaments we have are, you know, in New Jersey or in Baltimore and Pennsylvania. They're sort of, you know, you have to travel to them. And, you know, for a person who's just sort of joining, you know, a social league and I'm looking to hang out and go out and drink and, you know, this is sort of just a thing I do on Wednesday nights to break up the week. It's a big jump to be like, okay, I'm traveling to, you know, Allentown, Pennsylvania, you know, two hours away and I'm dropping, you know, 50 bucks and I'm going with some guys that I sort of met through, in, you know, a, you know, a social night here or there. Yeah. So I'm uh, not necessarily immediately ready to, to take on Royale then, you know, like exactly to play at that kind of level. Yeah. That makes sense. Um, so yeah, that, that's where it comes for, at least for me on, in terms of, uh, a three V three thing. Gotcha. Well, I'm but, sure we'll probably, uh, go ahead. No, I was going to say, but it seems like everyone who played in, you know, Kelly's tournament in the West and, a couple different things that have been three v three. Everyone seemed very happy with it, so it is, you know, definitely something to talk about. Yeah. Well, like you said, gameplay wise, it works. It works really well. Yeah. Regional wise and recruiting numbers wise, uh, it it's easy for somebody like myself in the West to say, oh yeah, just just recruit more or incorporate more more women that are you know not necessarily your first or top choice for coed, and you know make sure that they're actually playing because they're they're not really gonna have a choice. They are gonna be a contributor to your team. But, you know, I'm not speaking from your perspective or from the north or the south. I, all I know is west. Mm -hmm. So I think it'd be an interesting podcast for you to do, you know, whether it's, you know, with, uh, you know, some sort of long term female presence from the West Coast or people that are involved in leagues on how to help these teams sort of get more women to try to to try competitive. You know, is it that the East Coast needs to do more, you know, all women's competitive tournaments? So maybe the women would be more interested in joining, you know, what types of things could be suggested to help grow the, the women's game in the West and or in the East and the North and the South. Yes. I think all women, women only tournaments is probably a good step in that direction. But again, I, I that's my idea. That's my opinion. I have no idea if that's fact or not. I'm just looking at, you know, the, uh, <clears throat> excuse me, the bells of the balls tournament that happens, um, the all women's league in LA, and um shoot what's the other one? Oh man i can't think of it right now elite used to do it um i mean you got the classic so mm -hmm. something like that maybe on you know on the I east think coast Sin city has a women's tournament right yeah so something like that on the east might might be a good step in that direction but like you said it's it's a conversation for another time so I'm trying to avoid that rabbit hole right now yeah exactly but uh well, cool, man. Well, I think, um, I think that's all I have for as far as shakeups go. And, you know, I was a little bit on the clay, um, you know, thought process of maybe this might be a little bit too early, but it doesn't sound like it at all. And I hope that this, um, spawns more conversation. And if you, I mean, just keep your ears out and if you got more, um, be happy to do this again in the near future and see how much has changed and how, how accurate we might've been or how off we were, but, uh, it was fun. Sounds good. Always good talking to you, Steve. Likewise, man.
Alrighty, so that was a uh, mini-sode, for lack of better words, of just basically kind of trying to capture some of the movements that are already happening. And I'm definitely not picking on you, Clay, at all. But I was kind of in the same boat when um, just thinking that it might be a little bit too soon to pick up on any team shakeups or movements that might be going on um, with so much still up in the air for next year. But as as I can clearly see, uh, those changes are being made as we speak, especially after seeing what Justin was able to, to come at me with and... Um, that was fun. Uh, I, I, a lot of this was speculation, so I hope I didn't offend anybody or, or upset anybody or out anything that was supposed to be kept a secret um, in terms of some of these movements, but um, I can't help myself. Like, I really enjoyed this episode. So, Justin, thank you so much for the idea and for, for having some notes to, to talk about, and I hope other people enjoyed this as well. And if you are, you know, if you want to, if you have anything to contribute, um, not to start like a rumor mill, but if, if you have some intel you want to provide or if you want to talk about it as well, I definitely see this as something that can be sustainable um, maybe once a month, maybe once every two or twice a month or so, especially as we get closer and closer to the elite season. So, and that, that goes for um, women players as well, especially because I want to cover that division because I know for a fact there's going to be a lot of changes there as well that I want to cover. But um, yeah, at the, at, the, at the end of the day, we're not playing dodgeball right now for the most part. So the next best thing is to talk about it. And um I welcome any and all criticism on how to make this better. But uh, yeah, if you're still listening, thank you so much for doing so. Thank you for bearing me with me during the uh, Chris Bell episodes. Uh, my God, it's nice to only have to worry about four edits versus two pages worth. Um, but yeah, I guess I'll just leave it at that. So have a great uh, rest of your evening, a great rest of your week, and we'll see you next time. are beating Steelers. What? The Dolphins are winning 14 to 3. Oh my god, please beat the Steelers. That'd be amazing. <laughs>